Can you hear me now? Thank you, Bill. Bill was up there like that. That series ended with us in Second Peter chapter three, and this is what the what we read after the Bible discusses the one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is a day, and the earth that now is is reserved unto judgment by fire. Okay. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. And account that the long suffering of our Lord is what? The long suffering of our Lord is salvation. Okay, so, so Christ hasn't come back yet. It's not because he's slack. It's because he doesn't want people to die and go to hell. So he's holding off his return so that more people could be saved. Second Peter chapter three, verse nine. We're a little bit farther down in the passage now in Second Peter chapter three. But in light of all of that that we covered last week, we are supposed to account that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation. Even as our beloved brother Paul also, according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you, so Paul's written the same things to us, that the time that we have left, we're supposed to account it that, that we're here so we can win other people to Christ. Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians 9, 23. He says, and this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof with you, partaker of the gospel. Hey, guys, I'm saying the things I'm saying so that I can partake of the gospel just like you with you all. In other words, all of us are to be partakers of the gospel. He says, know ye not that they which run in a race run all. Everyone's running the same race. But one receiveth the prize. So run that you may obtain. So we talked about this. Like God put you in a race. Like I signed up Christine for a race. Like Jeff Grasher signed, he, he he learned from me. He signed up his his wife in a 10K without asking her. He just did it. It seemed like a good idea. That's your son. That explains it. Okay. All right, but he's following a good example because God put you in a race, didn't he? Did you ask to be put into the human race or did God just do that? Not your idea, was it? God just did that. He's like, no, no, I got a plan. You're going to be part of the human race. Then when you were born again, you know what Jesus did? He put you in a race. There is a race that has been set before you. You're like, I didn't sign up for that race. It's like, well, what does that have anything to do with it? Your head, your leader signed you up for a race and you are part of a race. And, and, and Peter says, account that the time you have left is for salvation's purpose. Paul says that, that you have been put into a race to be a partaker of the gospel. So last week we, lo we, we looked at that. Okay, now what we didn't do last week is figure out how we're going to accomplish this thing that we've been given to accomplish. But but that's what I want to talk about 
this morning, and I want to look at the Great Commission to do it. Okay, the Great Commission is Matthew chapter 28. Go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 28. Because I want to start in verse 16. This is the end of the Gospel of Matthew. This is the last thing that, that God tells us in this Gospel narrative. Okay. Do you think there were some things that Jesus did and some things that Jesus said that weren't recorded in the Gospel of Matthew? You think there were just a few things? John tells us something about that. Okay, keep a finger in Matthew and flip over to the last verse in the Gospel of John. The last verse in the Gospel of John tells us this. And there are also many other things which Jesus did, which if they should be written down every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. <laughs> Can you imagine writing down Jesus's autobiography with the things that he taught? And then the earth is not big enough to contain the books. Okay, so the things that were recorded. Those are like of everything that Jesus did and everything that Jesus said. Here's how he ended the Gospel of Matthew. Verse 16, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And you know what? He was already there when, by the time they, they got to where they were supposed to be. And when they saw him, he was already there, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And I love this because in the, in the Great Commission, some were worshiping and some were doubting and Jesus didn't even acknowledge, like he didn't address it. He didn't acknowledge it in this, in, in this passage. He's just like, here's what I want you to do. Okay. All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Okay. Some of them did pretty good. They were worshiping. Some were doubting. That's too... Jesus just like, here's what I want you to do. Okay, first of all, understand this. All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Okay. I want you to go in light of that power. See, I'm so glad that you 11 have gathered here like I told you to do. But the whole rest of the world, the whole rest of the world is on their way to hell. And with the power and authority that's been given me over all other powers and authorities throughout all time, this is what we're going to do. Ready? We're going to go to those lost people. Right? And we're going to teach them. Okay, we're going to baptize them. We're going to bring them in. We're going to keep teaching them. Okay? Teach them whatsoever things I've commanded you. And I'm with you always. Always is a different word than always. 
Always means continually. Always means every time. I am with you continually, even to the end of the world. Okay? I want us to look at the Great Commission right now together because we have been given this Great Commission. Okay? We need to account that the time that we have left is salvation. We need to realize we've been put into the gospel race by our creator. And then we need to, to know that we've been given the ministry of reconciliation. We know that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them. But that same God hath committed to us the word of reconciliation and the ministry of reconciliation. Now we as ambassadors in Christ's stead, we pray you be reconciled unto God. See, Jesus didn't come back to the 11 and say, okay, come with me. We are going to go be fishers of men. He said, no, I'm going to go sit down at the right hand of the Father you are going to go in my stead. And as the Father sent me, I'm going to send you. Now, Paul and Peter, they're telling us that is now the church's job. And there is no doubt that God's heart is for the billions of lost souls. There is no doubt that God has given this ministry of reconciliation under the church. Okay, so, so let's look at this mission, this commission that we've been given. Okay, first of all, first of all, did we read the whole Great Commission? Okay, all right. First of all, go ye therefore. Has anyone taken the LFBI grammar class? I guess it's like really hard. Like you have to go back and learn all that stuff you didn't learn in high school. Like, like what's an object, a direct? object the plural the singular all these grammar rules like we teach that in our bible institute because we use the king james bible and, and then it's hard to to understand sometimes okay here here's a bible grammar question ye is it singular or plural it's plural what are the rules on that thou, thou is singular These are singular and the wise are plural. Okay. So thou, that's you singular. Okay. And that's when, when it's subjective. So you singular. And it's when it's the subject. Okay. What about the, is it singular or plural? It's singular because it's a T. The T's are singular. And it's objective. I may not be saying that the right way. But when it's the object, the direct object instead of the subject. Okay. When it's the object of the prepositional phrase. Okay. You, what is you? Singular or plural? Nope, it's plural. Well, because of the Y. Using the rules of grammar. You is you. It's plural, subject, subjective. And ye is y'all. 
It's plural objective. I am with the. I'm with. Okay. So, plural, singular. Okay. So, there's your grammar lesson. You guys look so happy to have received the grammar lesson. There's a point to it. Okay. There's a point to it. You guys know you've received a commission from the Lord, right? Okay. It's ye. It's not thou. Okay. So it's y'all. It is a plural thing. So so check this out. <clears throat> I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go out and hit the streets and I'm gonna go off on myself and I'm gonna hand out tracks to people. I'm like, hey, give this a read. Hey, God loves you. This has Bible verses about how you can know you can be saved. Okay. Praise the Lord. Should I do that? Yes or no? Is it fulfilling the Great Commission if I'm doing it by myself? We need to know our biblical grammar. If we're not doing this together, we're not doing it God's way. Oh, my goodness. How are you going to do that? Go ye therefore. Okay. So we need to go. We have to get outside these four walls. I love what we do inside these four walls, but we, we, it was never designed to keep it ourselves. We can't be like that, that communal living, the, the, the Hittites, the, the, the Amish, the, the Mennonites who have their little community, the monks out there and they're separate from the world. Praise the Lord. And they try to create their utopia and they're, you know what? I love what we have but we were never meant to keep it to ourselves. In some way, we have to figure out how we're going to get outside these four walls. And we have to do it together. You know, the, the love of God is manifested when we're interacting with each other. And the lost world doesn't get it. They don't see it. They don't have that in their families and in their workplaces and in their lives. And when they see us interact together, they can see, they'll know we're his disciples by the way we love each other. And if we're not doing it together, we can't manifest God's love. Now I can share the gospel by myself and I do that and we should do that. But don't pretend like you're fulfilling the great commission that God gave you by doing that. You guys with me? Go ye therefore. So we have to do this. We have to go somehow. We have to do it together somehow. And teach all nations. This particular part of teaching is evangelism. Okay? So this kind of teaching is evangelism. Evangelism has to be teaching. Let me ask you a question. Okay. Hey, look. This tells you some things about the Bible, about how to be saved. And, and then look, here's our church address on the back. We would love for you to come join us and, and read that when you get a chance. Okay. Was that a good thing or a bad thing? It's a good thing. Did I teach? I didn't teach anything. I just told him here's a thing that will hopefully teach you something. Okay, how, how about this one? Turn or burn! You must repent! Am I teaching? I'm preaching. What is, is that the... Uh, the That's the Holy Spirit. Okay. <laughs> Woohoo! Start Dan. 
<laughs> I'm not candles. Okay. Okay. If it's not teaching, then we're not evangelizing God's way, are we? Okay, so look, how are you going to do this, church? How are you, how can we go outside these four walls together? Because your schedule is as busy as mine. And how is it that we can present the gospel in a way that is teaching? This is the challenge that is before us. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Historically, baptism, yes, it's, a, it's the first act of obedience. If you have not been biblically baptized after salvation and you, have, you don't have certainty about that, you need to get baptized again. Ask Sean about that. She did that. She didn't want to do that. It was outside of her comfort zone. But God made her. So, so talk to Shauna. She did that. Praise the Lord. Okay. So it's an act of obedience. It's, it is a public testimony of what God's done in your life. But it was also the way historically that people made a public declara declaration. Not only am I um, born again, okay, but also I am now joining this group of people. Okay? It's how people historically join the church. Okay, so, so we can't be Lone Ranger Christians and go out and do evangelism. I thank God for gifted evangelists. I just, I love that. I thank God for that. God gifted some people, okay? You guys who are in sales, like that's you guys. Like God's gifted you to be able to talk to people. Praise the Lord. But evangelism is not the completion of the Great Commission. I mean, praise the Lord if you get to be a part of bringing people to Christ. But if it's not teaching and it doesn't result in baptizing, then all we're doing is, now, praise the Lord, that person saved. The angels in heaven rejoice. I love it. Don't stop evangelizing. But the mission that we've give, been given goes way beyond just sharing the gospel with someone you meet on the street. Okay. We're supposed to bring them in. We don't just feed the cults with, with people who are converts, okay? And then we teach them again, okay? We teach them again. We teach them whatsoever things that Jesus commanded. Okay, so we're going to, that's discipleship, okay? So once I'm in, I know how not to live. I don't know how to live. Would someone open up the Bible and just teach me? That's discipleship. And then, lo, I am with you always, continually, till the end of the world. Okay, so, so that goes beyond the, the lifespan of the disciples. It goes to the end of the world, which means this is a generational commission that's been passed down generation to generation to generation, which means we need to train up our kids. We need to train up the next generation of leaders to know that God is with you, to get outside the four walls, to go together, to evangelize and teach. Then, then when people are saved, we bring them in, we disciple them, and then we keep training leaders. Kid Town is full of future church leaders. Okay, if your kids are in Kid Town or your grandkids are in Kid Town, nobody's babysitting. Nobody's watching movies. No, nobody's, I mean, they are playing games and doing crafts, but they are learning the Bible and they are being taught that this is their church. 
It's not their church someday that God has given. They're getting trained up in the ministry. But what I want to present to us now is this is the mission. And, and just like the 12 or the 11, Jesus comes and he's like, here's what I want you to do. Okay. Period. Now, what were their options? They had to figure out how to do that or decide they don't want to do that, right? Here's a question for you. Here's a question for you. Was that a big ask? This great commission. This isn't something that they're going to squeeze in on Sunday morning between their, their fishing job, you know, or their tax collecting or whatever else they were doing. I love I love it when Sam's message is basically the same as mine. Sam preached this morning, like we started singing this morning that song, like uh, that responsive song, like, is the world really messed up? It is. Can everybody see that? We can. Is Jesus the answer? He is. And it's like, the world is messed up. And it's dark. And it's full of lost people. It's full of lost people who act saved. Religious people. It's full of saved people who act lost. People who've never been discipled, they don't know. That's confusing for a lot of the world. But at the very least, you know, there's 7 billion lost people. And the righteousness of God through Christ is available to every one of them. And it's upon them that believe, Romans chapter 3, 22. The thing that's missing, someone who will go and just open up the Bible. And, and Sam taught this morning, this is what ministry should look like. It's just this. I loved it at the altar this morning. I went down front at the altar, and there's Tim. You know what Tim was doing at the altar? He was going like this, like. And I looked down the row, there's Deanna. Deanna and Sudi were down there. You know what they were doing? They're like. See that? that? That's the answer. Okay, I love that. Because either the word of God is the word of God and it works effectually in those that believe, or it's not. But if it is, then what we need to do is just be able to get the word of God open with somebody. This is what ministry should look like, is an open Bible. Okay, now, Sam preached. It's going to cost you something to do that. Okay, it's kind of a big ask for you to lay down your life to find some way to get the Bible open. But it, even though it's a big ask, it's worth it. It's the mission that we've been called to. And so I, I want to look at this in terms of the question isn't what is the mission? That's been given. And we are the ye <laughs> that need to go. The question is, how are we going to accomplish it? And the answer is, we're going to do it through evangelical Bible studies. So let's talk about this for a minute. Evangelical Bible studies extend the local church into our communities. Here is the, how we're going to go as a plural group of people. Now, I hope you come with me on a mission trip this year or go on a 
on another missions trip somewhere this year. So, you, so if you guys haven't done that, then come on, let's, let's go on a missions trip. And we'll go and we'll spend a week somewhere and it'll be outside your comfort zone. It'll be awesome. But then when we come home, we still have lost people that we know and that we love. There's unchurched, saved people who are wasting their lives who could join us in the mission that God's given us. And, and what needs to happen is we need to extend what we have here out into our communities. And that is how we need to think of our Bible studies. It's not just a, an event on your calendar. It is a group of people going together and trying to get to that magic moment where people feel comfortable. Their bellies aren't empty. Their bladders aren't full. They've already kind of broken the ice and we've just got an open Bible and we can sit down and see what it says together. That's what we're looking for. And here's one of the keys. Your neighbor will probably come to your Bible study. They won't, they won't come here probably. My neighbor won't come here. Like, like one of them did, but they'll, they'll probably come to a Bible study at my house, right? And maybe your, your immediate neighbors won't, but somebody's going to, okay? All right, so, so we need to extend what God has given us, get outside the four walls and go. That's how this church started. That's how Living Faith Lee Summit started with, with just the Bible study in a different part of So that's how we can go and we can do it together. Now, I still want you to be handing out tracts and, and doing confrontational evangelism. Confrontational evan evangelism, by the way, I don't mean like you are coming across as confrontational. Like it doesn't have to be where you're fighting with somebody. Confrontational evangelism, you're actually confronting them with the gospel. And it's not their idea. You could also call it interruptional events. Like some guy's just going through his day and all of a sudden you're like, hi. Hey. And then you're like, the Bible. And they're like, whoa, I was just on my way to the store. I'm getting like, it's not like conf confrontational in a bad way. It's just like, it's my idea. It's not their idea. We still need to do that, but we're not fulfilling the Great Commission when we do it. And I think what we're going to see by the end is having a Bible study to invite them to is not only strategic, it's biblical. Okay, so, so these are the blanks on your handout. Okay, so they extend our local church into our communities and they make owning the mission possible and practical. This is the ye part. Because the God's way is that we're going to do it together. And we can't, like if we're going to do it together, there has to be a place where we're going to meet. And there has to be a time that we're going to do this. So that's what our, our, our evangelical Bible studies make it possible for us to do this together. And they make it very practical. For us to do this together, okay? Because even though it's not an event on your calendar, it is an event on your calendar. And it is, there is a place like, just come over to my house at 6.30. Like, how hard is that? Like, it's already structured and set up. I would suggest that without something like that, going ye, therefore, is kind of not going to happen. 
Like I'd have to call you guys like, like on put on the chat, like, Hey, I got a free hour. Anybody want to go out and do evangelism together? And we can do that. Okay. But, but, but for all of us to have opportunity regularly to do this, we need something structured and set up. The design of evangelical Bible studies makes owning the fruit, and I don't mean that in the bad way. We're not lording authority over anybody. Okay, Bible study leaders, you don't get to be little nimrods and create your own kingdom and like rule with a scepter. Like that's Christ at his second coming. We're supposed to be Christ at his first coming, shepherds. But but it makes owning the fruit possible and practical. And this is the teaching part. Okay. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. So we're supposed to bear fruit and our fruit is supposed to remain. Okay, when I go out and do confrontational evangelism, which I do and I should, and somebody comes to Christ, that is a joyous, glorious day. The angels in heaven rejoice. However, what's going to happen to that person now? Because I'm at a gas station in Sedalia. I'm at a hospital somewhere out in the country and I win someone to Christ. Then what? Biblically, spiritually, this is a brand new creature in Christ, a newborn babe who only knows how not to live. They've never been discipled, never been sheltered, never been nurtured, never been trained up in the way they should go. And then I'm just like, good luck in the world with the wolves. I'll see ya. Okay, we're supposed to own the fruit that we have. Sometimes I think ministries don't grow because the ministries don't take care of the people that God sends them. Okay, so I don't want to have a Bible study and have it grow beyond the ability for us who are in the Bible study to take care of the people that God sends. If it grows too fast, then all of a sudden you can't own the fruit. We have to be able. So when you win someone to Christ, you're a spiritual parent. It's your job to take care of them until they can crawl and stand and walk on their own, right? That's really hard to do if it's just confrontational evangelism. How can I teach them? Like, it's like, okay, well, we're going to Zoom every Thursday. Are they part of a Bible-believing local church? No, that's not the mission either. They have, There has to be something in place for us to own the fruit. Does this make sense? Okay. And it provides the structure for training growing leaders and enabling established leaders. Okay. Who, who, who here has led Bible study? Okay. Is it always easy? Nope. Do you have to know your Bible? Do you have to love people? Do you have to be sacrificial? Do you have to be gracious? It's kind of like being a parent a little bit. Like, like if you're going to lead a Bible study, then it's kind of like pastoring. It's, it's, a, it's a, like a little group. It's like your own little flock that you have to shepherd. Now, you're not doing this unsupported, Okay. Like I get calls, sometimes Tim will call me like, hey, I had this question or I've got this thing and what do you think? There's times when I'm leading, I'll be like, hey, Sam, I got this problem, this question, what do you think? Sam calls Alan Shelby. Hey, Alan, 
I got this question. What, what do you think? It's not being unsupported, but it is leading a group of people, okay, into what God has for them. And there's the lion, roaring lions trying to devour everybody. You're just trying to help, and there's a distraction. Okay, Bible studies are a wonderful, wonderful training ground, especially if you feel like you have a, a calling on your life to be a church planner or to be a leadership in the church. This is a wonderful place for growing leaders to get trained. And for our established leaders, you're enabled to lead your Bible studies. So many churches, it's like, pastor, I want to help. Okay, you can set up chairs. It's like, glad to. Is there any avenue for me to teach the things that God's given me? Can I teach those things to faithful men who shall be able to, no, no, leave the teach, teaching to the professionals. Can I join the praise team? No, leave that to the professionals. Like, like you want to be able to take the thing that, that God's given you and, and to do it, right? Yeah. Okay. Some of you may actually spend your lives or your retirement as part of a church plant team. You're like, whoa, whoa, Chris, I didn't sign up for that. Yeah, I know. I'm not saying it's your idea. But neither was being born in the human race your idea. And neither was being put in the gospel ministry your idea. All those things were God's idea. God may have a plan for you. And guess what? If he does that, you're going to be so glad that you got trained up how to lead a Bible study. Because when you go to Boston, when you go to Tampa, when you go to Nairobi, when you go to East Asia, when, when you go to Toronto, when, wherever it is, Nairobi, wh wherever it is, you're going to be really glad that you have experience experience in doing that so so my what i'm saying is that oh you guys aren't gonna be able to see that at all but what i'm saying is the way we can fulfill the mission that god has given us to be partakers of the gospel together in a way where our evangelism is teaching okay but yet it's not it's not just me there's I'm I'm bringing people into something that's structured through this local church, okay? And then I'm I'm able to disciple and then we're able to train the only way I know how to do that is through evangelistic bible studies, okay? So we have the spiritual growth bible study on the first and third Thursday nights at Scott and Marla Growth's house. That's like our south bible study. I have this vision for a for Bible studies to where no one in the metro would have to drive too far to go to a Bible study. So if this is our city, so 435, 435, 435, kind of turns into 470 about right there, comes up here. We have I-35. Coming down like that. And then we have I-70, maybe right there. Okay. Okay, so we have the spiritual growth Bible study. Right about here. It's a south Bible study. Okay. We have the cave of Adullam. That's a men's Bible study. And it's like right here. That's our central one. And now we're going to start... The best Bible study. I thought that name would be good. Okay. okay. And it's going to be 
over here. So we've got central, south, and east. Man, I'd love to have, yes. Okay, so I'm going to talk about that in just a second, okay? I'd love to have one here and one here, okay? So two types of Bible studies in Living Well. One is official Living Well Bible studies, okay? And right now I'm calling these three our official, like, Living Well Bible studies. Now, we also have that Bible study in your home. So all of us, as we're handing out tracts, you ought to be like, hey, sir, I can tell you're someone who's interested in spiritual things. Me too. I'm always looking for someone to study the Bible with. You want to meet at the coffee shop? We can just study the Bible together. Okay, then he says, yes, and I've just started a Bible study. Or maybe I don't want to spend eight bucks and coffee every week. So it's like, hey, if I know him, I know he's not weird. Like I could invite him to my home. Don't invite strangers to your home. Okay, right. But if it's someone I, I know, it's like, hey, neighbor, you want to study the Bible Thursday morning at, you know, whatever. I should have those going if I have capacity and just get the. OK, so AJ started a Bible study with relatives in Arizona. He went, studied the Discovery Bible Method teaching for mission-focused breakout sessions, and he did that, and they loved it, and they can't wait to do it again. Praise the Lord. So he started a Bible study. Now, that's not an official Living Well group Bible study yet. So he had a neighborhood Bible study. Praise the Lord. We, we should all be doing that, okay? Now, if that Bible study grows... So if, if 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 I'm meeting with Tim in the coffee shop and he's got 17 cousins who all, you know, are, and that thing grows and grows and grows and we're, we got eight people meeting every, like we're probably going to turn that to an official Living Well Bible study. So your neighborhood Bible study, your coffee shop Bible study very well could turn into one of our official living well Bible studies. Well, how, who's going to know? Well, we're going to know because of the fruitfulness. We're going to know because the Holy Spirit's going to bear witness that God is obviously in that because you're bearing fruit, that fruit remains. There's people that are like, hey, I think I have to get baptized. I don't want to, but that's what the Bible says because that's what AJ said. And like, like that's going to turn into a thing. Okay. So everyone should have the personal coffee shop Bible studies. These are our official Bible studies. Can I just give you a vision? Bible study is going to start off with the people who are not part of a Bible study, who kind of live out here. Okay. So Raytown, I, I guess it'd be, we don't have anything up here, so we'll get those guys. Like, if you're not, now if you are part of this Bible study and you live over here, well, don't, don't quit your Bible study. Like, keep keep going there. Keep going where you're going, but people who are not part of the Bible study, come join us. And here's my vision. We are going to invite people. Okay, They're going to see the love of God. We're going to follow a proven discovery Bible method, and God's going to speak to people. And guess what's going to happen? I'm going to outgrow my living room. And then you know what we're going to have to do? We're going to have to split that Bible study. So Dave and Shauna, like, get ready. Because when we split that Bible study, so AJ, get ready 
Vernell, get ready. Steve Laurie, get ready. Mike Deanna, get whoever's part of that, get ready. Because when when we just simply do the great mission and the power of the Lord, He is with us. He has all power and authority. When we do this together, He's going to bless it. Okay, my vision is like Vernell. AJ, we live right next to each other. Kenny Cats live right there too. I love that. Over here in Lee Summit, Dave and Shauna and Steve and Laurie are kind of up in there. I'm not saying you guys all have to come to our Bible study, but I'm saying if you if you do, I'll know. At some point, we'd have six Bible studies. It ought to divide. We're not going to force anything to happen. But as God grows it, okay, that's what I'm trusting God for, is, is you guys are leading your own Bible. Not on your own. I'm going to help. I'm be, encourage, support. We'll set up a budget, like whatever you need. But, but when Jesus visited the 11, and the very last words that are recorded out of everything he said, which if we wrote them all down, it would fill the world. He's like, go. His heart is for the lost. It wasn't actually for the disciples' sake that he sent them. It was for the lost world that he sent them. And I love what we have, but it was never God's plan for us to keep it to ourselves. Okay, everybody get your ticket to heaven. Everybody got it? Good. Shut the doors. Let's keep the lost people out so they don't ruin what we have. That was never the plan. That's not what God said. We have to do it together. It has to be teaching. Okay, we can, we'll talk about Discovery Bible Method a little bit next week because evangelism can be teaching. It's, it's beyond the scope of this. Okay, let's do this. We got, we got about 12 minutes left. So let's break up into our small groups and go over the keys to prioritize. Okay, work through that on your own together. Hopefully there's an organizer in your small group that can help make sense of all that. I love you guys. Hey, listen, let's reach our families, our friends, our communities for Christ. Amen. Amen. Okay.